So today we're going to talk about a Bible character. He came down from heaven to teach humanity good from evil. Nothing could ever break his resolve when standing up to a misuse of infinite power. And his name, Satan. I think it's fun. I thought that was kind of, kind of a fun time. We should, we, 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 what we should do if we ever do that again is we should do like, what was his name that did the thriller voice, uh, Vincent Price? Is yeah. That um, so, like, when he's, like, doing the, and it's scary out there. Yeah. The blah, 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 blah. And then he does the. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I like that. <laughs> but did you notice I was trying to do the uh, Conjuring 2 music when the nun shows up? When it's like. Ooh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> but anyway, welcome, everyone, to. Theo Bourbon, where we sip on the nectar of God whilst talking about God. And today, I have the nectar of God uh, in coffee. As do I. But also, the nectar of God within the coffee is Woodford Reserve. So I'm drinking what's called a Kentucky coffee. Mm-hmm. I've done it before here when we when we had Jacob on. Because um, that was the other time that we recorded at like 9 a.m. Yeah. Which it is 9 a.m. everyone right now where, where we are um, while we're recording this. But if you've never had a Kentucky coffee, yeah. it's basically an ounce or more. Let's get real. I put more than an ounce of bourbon. Um, fill up your coffee however much you want in there. And then just put a little bit of brown sugar in there. And brown it sugar. is... It's a very, very good drink. I did some moment, honey in mine. Uh, I did some wild turkey uh, and then some mm. of Coffee Emporium. If you've not been to Coffee Emporium, if you're ever in Cincinnati, you got to go to Coffee Emporium. Uh, they have one blend uh, that's called their Cardinal Courtship Blend because uh, the Cardinal's also the state bird of Ohio. Um, and I'll, But I also felt some I hate that. vibes. Yeah. The Car- get, get the hell out of here with out, that. Get out of here. Cardinal's the state bird of like every state like you know, we're not slick um but i mean yeah who is it the uh is it stanford that's also the cardinals god really that's so embarrassing there's someone else that's the cardinals that i i'm so mad about but, but either way the cardinal courtship blend is like um kind of a medium light blend that's really good uh so it's very tasty got some wild turkey in there and a little bit of honey so very tasty Mm. Um, also, I'm finishing my uh, my toast here, which I probably shouldn't do because it's extremely rude to eat in front of people. But it is what it is. Um, Look, I mean, we're, we're, we already drink with our audience. We might as well eat with our audience too, right? <laughs> True. We should do a we should do a podcast where we're like out and about. See how many people look at us weird. For we should do it in a coffee shop because that's where everybody likes to talk about theology. It just makes sense. Be really uppity and pretentious and. Just or we could sense. do a Theo Bourbon mukbang. You seen those mukbang videos where people just eat like mass quantities of food? <laughs> or you know it would be cool if we reached out to like Buffalo Trace or somebody like that. We we're like, hey, we do a podcast all about bourbon. Could we come and like sit in one of your party areas and just do a podcast? That'd be great. Us? So I want to get like a portable like Zoom recorder. 
Uh, so when we want, yeah. whenever we want to do things on the go, because I still want to go like camping with you and do like one out in nature. I think that'd be oh, really yeah. beautiful. But we can basically just like set it mm-hmm. up, and as long as there's a quiet enough area, we can just let it go and record right into it. Nice. I think that'd be sick. That'd be super dope. So I started lifting well, uh, this week, like lifting heavy again. Okay. Um, so I've, been, I've needed mass quantities of protein, and I just wanted to share this with you and also the audience. <laughs> but I um, so I started lifting, so that means I need way more protein, right? And I'm trying to get all this protein, mm-hmm. and I realized I thought I had all this ground beef in my freezer, but all I had was ground chorizo. So last night, I cooked up <sighs> half of a package, like half a pound of ground chorizo. I put cornstarch and water into it to try to make some kind of sauce and put it over pasta. Uh-huh. So I am still trying to recover from what was the weirdest meal of my life. Um, I wanted to share that with you, my chorizo. And speaking of things that are yeah, spicy we kind of glanced fiery, over that one, didn't we? The the, after that intro, but uh, yeah, we, uh, me and Tom were talking, and we thought it would be kind of interesting, fun. Um, you know, if you're still with us after the amount of episodes that we've done, you're probably not too uh, weird about our kinks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh one of it's my kinks is talking about sure. like theology that's kind of uh Derek's gonna go and kick shame the audience talking and and i haven't i sent you a text last night that i was like i'm really scared of this but i love it uh <laughs> um talking about stuff that everyone that a lot of people don't really want to acknowledge as far as like I don't know. It it, it it gets rid of the faux pas of, you know, theology. Um, because yep. I think we were kind of ingrained to, because of the nature of, like, Satan and demons and all that kind of stuff, it was like, if you talk about him, he's going to come get you. Like, you open up a door and there he is. And it's just like, kind of like, is that really how it works? Um, yep. So, uh, anyway, Tom, um, you kind of wanted to spearhead this one because you've got a lot more of the, the history and kind of the... Um, I'm, I'm super excited to hear what you have to say. I Just from what you texted research. me, I was like, oh my God, I didn't know half of this. <laughs> so... Yeah, I learned I learned a lot. In many ways, yeah. this is a, in many ways our part two to our hell episode. Like we're gonna tie back to a lot of that. So I would recommend if you haven't heard mm. that, we, watch this we first, fell watch that in one, it. or go we back fell and in it, the listen. Pit. I guess listen That's to that one called. and then come back here. Yeah, fell in at the pit. Uh, that's a, it was, for one thing, it's a really good episode. It's really long, too. So if you like a good long podcast, uh, you're going to enjoy that one. But um, this actually all started because um, so I got a new tattoo artist, got a sick uh, tattoo here. Very fun. Um, and she is a member of yeah. the Satanic Temple and has been for years. And I was kind of asking her about that. And it was funny because I realized it's like we... Your concept of the symbol of who like Lucifer is to you is in many ways the same wow. way how I would describe what Jesus is to me. So it kind of fell down this path of like mm-hmm. we we have way fewer differences than one would think. Because basically her whole thing is it's like I I hate oppression, I hate uh and basically listed all the same things that I would mm-hmm. attribute in many ways to a liberation theology reading of scripture. And it's like, okay, we I need to look deeper into this. So 
our first topic here, first part of it, and we're going to talk about the history of Christianity's, in particular, concept of Satan. Uh, obviously, in, in different, especially like Abrahamic faiths, um, like uh, Islam. Islam. Um, fun fact about Islam: mm-hmm. that's where the concept of Satan being like a fiery demon came from. Because you know that's not in the Bible ever at any point, uh, except for like allusions to Gehenna. Um, but no, the whole uh, in in Islam, all jinn, all angels and demons are made of fire. And humans are made of dirt. Humans are made of dust. Uh, so basically, Satan was basically like, I would never, I would never bow to a human because uh, apparently, on like the first day, God told all the angels to bow to Adam, um, and everyone mm. bowed except for Satan. But Satan's like, I don't want to do that. Uh, I, I made a fire. I'm totally better than this guy. So he didn't bow, and that's what makes him the evil one. Uh, they have a totally different concept. Uh, however, we kind of take the whole, hey, fire guy, fire's dope, cool, fire Satan. Um, and we just kind of applied that to, to Christianity, which is pretty interesting. So first off, the serpent in the garden is never told to be any kind of devil or Satan. He's just kind of a, he's just kind of a deceiver. Uh, so, con- so we kind of conflate the two of them. Uh, and there is a specific reason for that. Uh, so the word Satan in all of Judaism is referred to and put on any adversary of God. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, it's any, any, um, any adversary is considered, um, yeah, Halal is the word that, that they use uh, to refer to mm-hmm. um, some kind of adversary. So Satan as a, as a person, as a fallen angel, is only existed in Christianity. And the first time that that type of Satan starts existing, it starts existing in any kind of like zeitgeist, is in the Gospels in the 40 days in the desert. Uh, because when you look at mm. the book of Job, uh, when you have Satan and God hanging out and when Satan's like, no, you can't make that guy fall. That was just seen as either. That's just seen as any kind of adversary making a bet with God. It wasn't seen as a specific guy. This mm-hmm. isn't the devil. Um, this concept uh, of like a dualistic Satan is like God's um, number one enemy was never a thing in Judaism because that didn't make any sense because. Christianity isn't supposed to be a dualistic religion. We just end up being one uh, because of all this stuff. Mm. Uh, and in, in many ways, Judaism is way less dualistic uh, of like a good God and an evil anti-God. Yeah. Uh, than, Which is, yeah, yeah. that's, it's, su- it's super interesting to kind of look at um, a lot of the more Eastern concepts mm-hmm. of that because, um, you know, when, when you kind of look at the kind of Eastern and Western just, um, I don't even know if it has to do with the hemispheres, but um, kind of Western is a lot more dualistic. It's a lot more yeah. um, binary. It's a lot more, you know, whatever you want to call it. Whereas, you know, you look back, especially into a lot of the Jewish scripture and a lot of like less Western minded stuff. Yeah. So like you can think of like, um, kind of the way that some, a lot of Native American um, uh, beliefs would be in a lot of, you know, stuff with um, Hinduism and stuff like that. You have less, this is good, this is bad. And you have more kind of like this embraced concept of like chaos and order are kind of intertwined with each other. And they're very... 
I don't know. It kind of kind of goes along with the yin and yang thing. They kind of yeah. twist into each other and they're a part of each other, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a lot of what you can read, um, particularly like um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up and I don't have to talk about it in length or anything like that, but um, how before the Babylonian exile yeah. of the Jews or of the Israelites, um, there is a very big distinction between those two things. I got to, start remembering that um of the israelites when they were in exile with babylon that was the first time that they had heard some type of theological concept of an anti-god um so mm, like if you look particularly i wanted so to, to look up the kind of mm-hmm. entered that culture right um so it's in samuel I meant to look it up before we did this. Samuel versus Chronicles. Um, so Samuel, uh, the two Samuels were written before Second uh, Samuel twenty four one. Um, <clears throat> it says that again the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel and God incited David Mm -hmm. to take a census. He was going to, you know, number Israel. He was trying to see all the people who were there. Um, And then in First Chronicles, which was written after the Babylonian exile or sometime in it, they tell the same story, but it says, then Satan stood against Israel and made David take a census. And so there is the same exact story told in two different generations one before the exile and one after yep. the exile and there's a lot of d- different kind of things that you can take with that but one of the things what do you that, do with that? Yeah. Um, some scholars would 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 talk about is that they were introduced to a type of theology that god needed an enemy um that god was so, so before then god would have been bad thing happens okay god made it happen yep. um but it was more of that kind of chaos and order being type of kind of within each other. Um, but then you also look at a lot of the things like Israelites were really big on order being um, like one of the things that they looked at was water. And so if you look at a lot of the stories and the narratives of the Old Testament, it, a lot of them have to do with like chaos waters. So like the um, so like in Genesis. Um, the void over the deep and yeah. you know the deep was a sign of like water that's you know you can't get in it you can't get over it you can't you know whatever and then you have the red sea and the story of moses it's water that you have to get through and then you have a whole bunch of other things um and that's why the sea of glass in revelation is a really big thing for them um or at least that's why john wrote it that way um so that they would know that it's a water that you can that's completely calm. Mm. And so chaos and order was a big thing. Um, and so they finally found a way to say, okay, so God is not, so we, there is an enemy of God that is causing chaos. There's an enemy of God that is, that is the one that is evil. That is all of these things that made the bad things happen. Yeah. And it's no longer God. That made those developing theology in, like in real time, <laughs> watching people figure right. out like, who do we, <clears throat> Who do we believe our creator God to be? So, we're going to mm-hmm. fast forward to uh, medieval era. 
So in medieval, like, so throughout this whole time, um, unto, and up, this is the up to and including this point, <laughs> I mean, we have biblical tales of, like, uh, possession and stuff. And it's interesting. The more that my cat more that uh, i've learned about possession the more i've realized it's up until fairly recently it was a very minor topic it wasn't a thing people really worried about um mm. and, and, and even in the medieval times the reason why you see satan depicted in such a silly manner is because they kind of thought he was a silly guy it's like he was a very minor character he was maybe someone who yeah. would tempt you to go do a bad thing that's why it's always like oh satan's gonna tempt you because they didn't really see him as a threat they just mm-hmm. saw him as more of a nuisance because they believed more, yeah. more, more so than especially evangelicals now, uh, that God had won. He was just kind of an annoying little dick, you know. Uh, he was not that big mm-hmm. a deal. Satan, the demonic forces, and stuff was, aren't go- are not the things that cause the main evil in the world. It's humanity yeah. who just happened to listen to him. He was more of the. He was more of what a lot of other cultures would call the jokester. You mm-hmm. know, he was more Loki like. He was more. Um, you know, I can't remember what specifically they call it um, in Native American culture. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> but it's basically just like yeah. a trickster. He was just kind of like, I'm going to go kick this guy's leg out from under him. Exactly. Like it was like, uh, or like, or like the way that they talk about like a fairy or an elf or something. You know, it's like it, he was seen as yeah. really yeah. not that big a deal. Which is why they put the horns and the pitchfork and the tail with the arrow exactly, on but it that was all just because like oh yeah he's just kind of annoying but he's not that he's not no, he's nothing to worry about so in post medieval mm-hmm. times and like the, when the renaissance hit that's when the kind of counter renaissance and uh you get the inquisition and all this stuff you get people who have a new level of fervor to their belief that just didn't really previously exist in christianity um so that's when people started worrying about possession. And that's when the concept of an exorcism kind of started to come out when they were like, hey, why don't we see possession like seem to happen in the Gospels? Why don't we have people getting demons cast out? And before you know it, you had people who were like, oh, my God, I have, I have a demon. I have to go get someone to cast it out. Um, and like the, around this time was also you also saw the key of Solomon. You had angelology and demonology. Um in ways mm-hmm. that were not meant to be mystical. Because you had a lot of angelology and demonology in a very um, mystic kind of way that were like, hey, we're going to talk about yeah. angels and demons, but it's really more about how is the universe ordered? And then with in the, yeah. in the Renaissance era, it was more like, <clears throat> what is the literal hierarchy of angels and demons um, for the sake of knowing mm-hmm. the hierarchy of angels and demons? Uh, so you had a different type of belief uh, in angels and demons coming out around this time. And of course... Uh, Satan they being re- the, the, the biggest bad boy demon. There you go. Yeah. They really fashioned like a really hardcore All right. So I got like one more topic mythology. history thing here. So have you heard of the th- theology professor Elaine Pagels? Does that name ring a bell to you? It doesn't. Well. Elaine Pagels actually gets a lot of hate especially from more uh, conservative uh, Christian schools and stuff. Um, Of course. But she discusses how he, as a personal figure, came to exist. Here we go. When the Catholic Church was making personal enemies in the period from um, before to directly after the Reformation. Uh, The the Reformation kind of created 
is the devil as we would know him in modern Christianity today. Satan was their scapegoat for all the types of people they didn't like. Those being heretics of the church. I'm serious. Heretics of the church, uh, Jewish people, and pagans. So this, so they kind of were able to put... Here we go. You're going to see where we're going with this. They put all of the things they didn't like. They put all of the perceived sin in the world onto this one guy. And they called him... They called him Satan. That was the devil. And he became the incarnate I'm surprised they didn't call him thing. a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he became the uh, incarnate thing that they hated the most. Like he was, uh, this this is the guy they hated. This is all, all the people they hate, all kind of represented by uh, this one dude. They made up a. It's like on Twitter, they made up a dude to hate, and they hated him a whole lot. Mm. That's so so like. I mean. You watch the Da Vinci Code once, and that and it convinces you that you know you don't know anything. It's all takes. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it is fiction. I do not believe that the Da Vinci Code. There was true. a whole thing at my uh, Christian elementary school about banning the Da Vinci Code. The thing is, it was in an elementary school. None oh, of yeah. us read Dan Brown, you know. But there, remember, this was whole uh-huh. thing was right around the movie came out. So there was like a like a satanic panic around uh, around the Da Vinci Code. It was hilarious. Yeah, I remember vividly that I'm pretty sure my mom read it and it was sitting beside her chair at home. But then I remember some type of conversation happening where like someone was talking about Bobby, my wife's sleeping for work, um, where they were talking about it. And it's like, uh, it's trying to convince you that Jesus was married and it's the worst thing in the world and blah, blah, blah. But, Jesus um, is not allowed to fuck. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Uh, this is yes. so important in my um, Christology. He's not allowed. It, it's so important. Um, but um, they talk a lot about in there how kind of around that time um, you had the um, something magnificarum. What was it? The witch's hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what it's called. It came out, which um, magna magnificarum. Something. It, it's basically just how you can tell what's a witch and what to do with them. Um, and so that's what started witch hunts and how we, how all of that happened. Um, then you had kind of the Knights Templar stuff happening, um, really where like the Masonic stuff started to come about, um, with how they thought that that was just like a satanic cult and everything and how all of that kind of blends into what you're talking about, um, just how the how that is really when an us versus them mentality yep. came in to exactly that's i think that is the ultimate um, point because satan was created yeah. because christianity needed an us versus them and there wasn't really yeah. uh there wasn't really a, i mean there were them but there wasn't a personification of them mm. um yep. but here is my here's kind of my ultimate point for this whole thing Satan is and should be seen as a proto-Christ figure. And I think there have been echoes of this in in the Old Testament. And even now you can see that. Um, Because what I said in the intro, uh, most Satanists, most people who are modern, I'm not talking about like, 
people who like actually do bad stuff and basically like bad is actually good and like you you, you see um the the very mm-hmm. rare case of like you have like uh swedish death metal bands where someone like kills his friend it's like for satan it's like that's that's not that we're not talking about edgy mm-hmm. kid stuff i'm talking about most people who are satanists who are um uh, specifically the Satanic Temple, not the Church of Satan, different thing. Uh, but the Satanic Temple, uh, most of them would say that um, they like they they like Satan because he is willing to stand up to infinite power from which he has no guaranteed victory over if it means he's doing the right thing. That it's it's sticking to wow. your morals at all costs, even when you have guaranteed loss. That's literally martyrdom it's, in Christianity. What greater man is no one than this to lay down his life for his friend? It's like that's it's literally the yeah. same concept because they're basically like, he, yeah, Satan stood up to the bully when none of us, none of the rest of us did, none of the rest of us could, and that's wow. that's the yeah. ultimate thing. It's like he that Satan stands up to bullies. So you see a lot of um, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, satanic temple groups will like go and help escort women into abortion clinics when you have like <clears throat> protesters outside. Cause that's kind of their whole thing is that we're mm-hmm. going to stand up to the bullies. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to let you live as you want to live. Uh, and we're not going to let anyone stop you from living the way you want to. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's funny cause I see a lot of like, this is honorable as hell, my guys. Um, so for one thing, yeah. you, you had a lot of concept of these figures and there's, um, an interesting guy I wrote down his name here. Um, this guy named, uh, Dr. Thomas Swan. Uh, he's uh, a psychologist who knows a lot about Jung, a lot about archetypes. And his theory is that in um, that in Jewish culture, the uh, like Lucifer was seen as a, an almost proto-messianic figure uh, because they did not conflate Lucifer of like the Book of Daniel and stuff with um, mm-hmm. any kind of Satan. Because yeah. they they because they talk about some angel who fell from the stars, and he said, "What if that mm-hmm. was kind of seen as intentionally a Christ metaphor? So what if the reading of reading by some like satanic groups isn't a twisting of scripture at all, and is simply a, a, just a different reading of of that concept?" Um, yeah, yeah, because 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 Lucifer was not the- specifically called out to be evil. That's that's my that's my point there. Right. That's something that Christians put on him later on in uh-huh. as, as as like the theology of the devil, theology of demons was fleshed out fairly recently around the time yeah. of the Reformation. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting like both Lucifer and Jesus are called the morning star. Yeah. Um and then kind of that and I'm pretty sure Lucifer just means bringer of the day. Isn't, yeah. isn't that what it kind of I think yeah, it's very interesting because it's almost a Promethean myth. Yeah, and, and the way that because um, a lot of kind of the mythology behind it is that Lucifer was actually kind of like the worship leader of heaven. Oh, that's brand new. We um, came up with that five minutes ago. Like that, yeah. that I'm so, that's like yeah. that's like the Vineyard Church <laughs> movement specifically. Yeah, that's uh-huh. um, but yeah, they, literally it's, it's so funny. Uh, just on that real quick thing, um, we were we had a, yeah. a a day where we talked about Satan at the Vineyard Church that I worked at, and there was a PhD, uh, like a biblical Bible theology PhD <clears throat> student who's thoroughly part of the Vineyard Church movement. Who, as soon as the pastor mm. started talking about, like you know, he's a worship leader of heaven. They say he had like pipes and and uh, timbrels within his body as he moved. And this guy's like, 
I think he's making this up on the spot right now. Like, I think, I think so, <laughs> it's like, I think someone else just said this and he was like, yeah, but the Bible says that didn't check it and just preached it. And he's like, I mean, it's a beautiful image, but I don't know if it's like real, but okay, I guess so. It was so funny. I remember watching his face during the sermon. Um, but no, that's a brain yeah. the whole concept that Satan was the worship leader of heaven. All it said was that like Satan was a really hot, hot angel. Yeah. The L- Lucifer was a really <laughs> hot guy. And then he fell out of, fell out of heaven. Um, but even that fall was not seen as much as of a, as like the way that we say that, oh, I bet what happened was he decided he could do uh, get the whole God thing better than God could. So he got thrown out. Uh, and it was um, it was just it was seen as, as um, more of a like you can kind of interpret this however you want to interpret it. It's not that's just not the one way to see it, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have no room for more video video on my computer it, it coming back yeah it, it said it said you were paused for a sec there but we're just over here talking about Satan. yeah so uh yeah so i've got to uh delete oh, some dude. shit because i don't have your, your, your video your it. video is out we don't have a ton of recording time left we can just put a little uh okay i'm gonna tell myself to do this in post okay tom just put like uh, a still picture of Derek up there. Find the weirdest one you possibly can. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, future Tom. That sounds great. Good. Thank you, Tom. Um, so yeah, I think it's so interesting to just um, unpack all of this and just kind of like look at the different type of things. And this is kind of the not a bow, but like a um, something that I kind of want to wrap all of it up in. And that's that theology never stays the same. And it never, it n- like over the course of the thousands, millions of years, however you want to believe on it, thoughts, stories, mythology, all of that is going to morph, it's going to change, it's going to change because people change. And so when you have all of these stories, all of this... Um, mythology around satan there are things that have happened in this world that people have attributed to satan that if we took that away we can say we have no idea what the fuck that was yeah there are things that's the same thing like you know healings and all these other things that especially if you go over into other countries and you know there's Mm -hmm. these there's these grand beautiful wonderful life-saving healings and, and and everything that happens over there and it's like what do we do with that how do we put a reason or or something onto that and so you know obviously there are a million mythologies around the world that can explain mm-hmm. quote unquote those things but what we really have to remember is that i don't think anyone has ever actually seen one being called Satan. Yeah. No. They have seen something and they have put that on it because of their other preconceived notions. Or something that was in their head to 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 see. And so a lot of, a lot of and that's a very grand statement. I know I could no, probably right. be wrong. I think you're uh, I think you're right cuz I think um especially with the demonic stuff and the more that I've looked into it, there's so much confirmation bias. Um and and I think mm-hmm that it's way easier to look at a situation and be like, okay, there's something messed up and clearly spiritual happening here, but to put a specific like diagnosis on it is so difficult 
There's a reason why when we were talking about mm-hmm. in our in our hell episode and also in our can I talk please episode uh, when, when we talked about exorcism specifically um, mm-hmm. that if you want I mean I, I know about the Catholic Church I know less about other uh, traditions when it comes to exorcism specifically but you had to go through multiple levels of like getting someone to even entertain doing exorcism on you before you get an exorcism because they're just like, this is so mm-hmm. rare. Odds are you just need to go to the doctor. Odds are you just need to be medicated. Like yeah. odds are this is not going to help you. It's actually going to hurt you way more. So I think it's interesting um, yeah. whenever you watch like the TV show where you have like the, uh, the priest who's super excited to do an exorcism, like that is not as mm-hmm. real life as you'd expect. That's pretty, that's not like the uh, usual thing. Usually, um, the church is super, mm-hmm. super hesitant to do so because uh, they see it as spiritual abuse to not do that. If only they would see other forms mm-hmm. of abuse as abuse. But, uh, you know, that's a step in the right direction, I suppose. No, yeah, yeah, and so kind of what I wanted to at least add my two cents in um, is that it is perfectly and utterly valid to put the definitions on there. If that's what helps someone to see an evil, to see something oppressive, to see something that is not good, not right, and not loving, and work towards doing the opposite of that thing. And work towards... So it. I think it's less about good and evil as far as like a mythological concept or like a yeah. narrative... And I think it's more about like we like what we were saying, liberation and oppression. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's literally when you look at a demonic possession or whatever's happening, the person is being oppressed and they needed to be li- and they need to be liberated yes. from this oppressive thing that's in them. Like the words that they say, they're cursing, they're you know, whether they have like sexual advances on priests or whatever or whoever is there like all of that stuff like that's not what you were (laughs) that is not what you were saving we gotta talk we gotta address that eventually but but you are not saving that person from saving from saying a cuss word you are saving that person from something that is oppressing them and so i think that is kind of where all of this can kind of hit ahead is what I want to tell you, dear listener. Like if you firmly have had experiences, um, I have had personal experiences with demonic undertones. Um, just, I, I know that in my vivid memory of these things, I can sit back and think I can put, a definition on that and I can see that and I can say this is what that was or I can say this is just a way that this explains this so that I can move forward towards something that can be better and be good and there is goodness and so when I look at this oppressive thing I can say that is not the reality of goodness or the reality of anything other than what I need to through wisdom avoid or through wisdom um, find something that can overcome this darkness that I am experiencing. And so 
what I want to say is it is okay to believe in the setup doctrine of who Satan is, but it is not okay to let that be a dictator of how you treat people, how you know people, and how we effectively make the world a more liberated and good place for everyone. Yeah. So that eliminates us versus them. It completely decimates us versus them. Because what you're seeing then is not an evil, terrible, satanic person. You're seeing somebody who is oppressed by something that they do not understand. Yeah. So uh, real quick, because Derek, I'm not sure what we have recorded from you and what we don't. Uh, and because you broke up a little bit in that, I think I'm going to summarize that. So we have to cut and splice. We can, but, um, okay. yeah, but what, what, what I think Derek, uh, was saying there and just to summarize it, not to put it in my own words, but more just to make sure that we can cut together a podcast that looks and sounds good. Um, is that the, the ultimate point, the, um, as, as people, as people who like Jesus a whole lot, our answer to this are the way that we can, address this and realize that maybe we should be more empathetic towards people who follow the figure who's supposed to be like the, uh, you know, the, the ancient foe who doth seek to work us woe, um, is, is the realization <laughs> that our ultimate purpose should always be liberation. It should always be freedom. It should always be getting people out of these oppressive systems. And um, when we're not working to do that, uh, that we end up doing things that are pretty harmful and pretty bad. And having empathy for people who see the world differently, uh, who, who prefer mm -hmm. a different, um, you know, like God or God-like figure to worship and look up to. Usually they've got a good reason to do it. Uh, and, and usually that's something to look into to learn how to be more empathetic and kinder to uh, the people around us. And that's why our, our episode today is Sympathy for the Devil and for people who mm. like him a lot. Because uh, their reasons for liking him and our reasons for liking Jesus are pretty much the same, which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a good place to end it, Tom. And you know, we can, dear listener, if you're um, kind of listening to this and thinking, I don't know about any of that, you know, um, look, look, like go and explore this. Um, it's not. I want to tell you right now. Other than where you are, if you go and look up this stuff, Satan's not going to jump out of the computer and yeah. get you. He's not going to jump out of your phone and get you. Um, all of that has to do with your receptivity to said things. Um, yep. So, yeah, you know, um, be smart out there. Be good out there. Um, and... I think all of this just has to do with wisdom. And we can talk about... We, we've talked about wisdom before, but... Um, you know, just be wise yep. to the things that you don't understand and be wise to the things that if you do understand, help people be good to people and love. People. That's it. Honestly, I think that ties up so. things really great. Should we roll the metal? I say roll the metal and uh, don't listen to metal unless you want to get you.